Our guest this morning, I am so privileged to be able to welcome uh, to our service today. He's here for both services. He's going to bring the good word. 30 years with Envoy Financial, helping people plan for their retirement. Uh, he is the founder of Retirement Reformation, which is why he's here with us this weekend. He and a couple of other fellas came out last summer for a day and just got to know a little bit of who we were and, and what we were doing, a little bit of what our congregation was about. And he accepted the invitation to uh, come and spend the weekend with, with us. Businessman, I wrote this down, businessman, visionary, philanthropist, Jesus lover, and kingdom builder. Let's, that kind of that kind of covers it, doesn't it? Let's focus on Jesus lover. Jesus lover is the one. If ever if ever there's somebody who wasn't from our church who lives out our mission statement of love Jesus, love people, and teach people to love Jesus, this guy does it with everything that he does with his life. Would you please join me? Give a warm welcome to our guest this morning, Bruce Brinesma. I declare to you that this is the Word of God. And in this Word of God, we have the opportunity to learn all kinds of things. We have the opportunity to learn about who we are in our joy, in our hallelujahs, and in our sinfulness, in the things that we regret. And when we put our head on the pillow and go, oh man, did I blow that. We learn that In spite of that, we have the opportunity to transition into a new day every day. Because for those of us that have accepted Christ as our personal Savior, we know that each day is a new day in Him. And that we have an opportunity to be able to learn and grow ourselves. We have the opportunity to teach others. We have the opportunity to simply to be a model of what Jesus said. This is the way to live. I was, as I was getting prepared to come up, I was just kind of looking around your building here. And a couple of things that I noticed that perhaps I could just draw your attention to, and I don't know if you can see this or not, but over on the side here, there is a, there is a painting. And while I don't know what the name of the painting is, this is the way that it approached me. It's, it appears to be a picture of a, perhaps a, a broken heart with a cross in the middle of it. And for those of you that where you are in life is a, is a place of being broken, perhaps of anxiety, maybe of fear, maybe of some confusion. Maybe you're on the precipice of a breakthrough from an addiction. Maybe you've got a, uh, you came here and in the car this morning you had a fight with your wife or you had a fight with your husband or you yelled at the kids or... You know, all the things that as human beings, this is what we do. And, and it's through all those reasons of why we are here. Because that cross that's in the middle of that painting is what in fact gives us the hope to be able to move forward. Now there's one other thing that, that really impressed me. And as we look here, what does it say? It says, God is at work. So it's, it's not a God that's distant. Judy and I just came from a, an extensive trip and we were in Southeast Asia. And as we drive along, all of a sudden there would be a, this a huge Buddha in the middle of a field. Kind of like the crow that's down the road here. That sucker is ugly, man. I hope, hopefully I'm not offending anyone, but... Well, that's something. At any rate, I couldn't, I couldn't help but remember as we were driving down the roads in Southeast Asia in a number of different towns, there's this big Buddha, and he's just sitting there. 
And there are people that are worshiping an inanimate object that can do nothing for them but disappoint because they put expectations where it's totally unrealistic. And yet, God is at work in me, with me, in you, with you, and for you. He's an active God. Now, how do we know? He did give us His Word, and so He he wanted to have a relationship with us. So we're going to talk a little bit today about perhaps what that looks like and, and receive an affirmation. You know, the last song that the band sang, didn't they, they do a great job. This, this band is good. Um, but yeah, just absolutely. You know, it's so important that we, that we bring our, our, our spirits to a, a point where, in fact, we can receive God's Word, and that's the role that they play to do that, and they, they do it so wonderfully. So we have the opportunity to perhaps find some part of our life today where God says, I'm at work in you, and there's going to be a change, there's going to be a transition. And the peace that passeth all understanding can be part of who you are and where you are, and how different than the pain, the tension, the fear, the anxiety, the stress that so much of our society is reflected. We can be different, and we are called to be different, and God is at work in us. Well, I wanted to just give you this assurance, and I'm actually turning to the book of John. And I'm going to start there. That's not where we're going to end up at all, but I just wanted to give you this Kind of an affirmation in the 15th chapter of the verse of John, uh, starting in verse 12, it says this, My command is this, so God at work, my command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Not love me and let me be an inanimate object and you just give me adoration and you know send me flowers, food, and money. But in fact, as I have loved you, huh? greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. And Jesus did that, did he not? How do you know? Well, how you know is that if you have become a friend of Jesus, because here's what it then continues to say, you are my friends, and if if you do what I command... I no longer call you servants because servants do not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything that I learned, Jesus speaking, everything that I learned from my Father, I have made known to you. No secrets. I know in our relationships and marriage and kids and so on, often they're There are family secrets. There is no no secrets when we are a friend of God. So, here's the words that I really wanted you to pay attention to and and see if we can really just grab onto and and cling to because it says, and this was the first time I I really read this and, and God's Holy Spirit just kind of put it in my heart. It was like, oh, my goodness. Because here's what it says. 
You did not choose me, but I chose you. And I appointed you so that you might do what? You might go and bear fruit. Fruit that will last, and so that whatever you ask in my give you, and this is my command to love one another. I want you to just really connect with the fact that God chose you. Often we think that, you know, we accepted Christ, so we chose God. No, before the beginning of time, He chose you. And He's prepared you. He's appointed you. He's taught you. You've experienced the things that will allow you to bear much fruit. We're going to talk some more about what that means. And so, what a wonderful combination of of, of a couple of thoughts. Number one, God chose you. Number two, He loves you. And number three, He's prepared you to to deliver much fruit. And we'll, we'll think together a little bit about what that means. So, you know what we have today? We have a gathering of friends. We have a gathering of friends in Christ because we are in Christ together. And when we are together in that way, we have His power that is in us to be able to make a difference in our world. You think the world needs a little difference? Yeah, just a little, huh? Our culture is... uh, As a matter of fact, uh, as being privileged to be the founder of the Retirement Reformation and the message of the Retirement Reformation is to reform our thinking about the end of our lives. And I want you today to not only think about reforming how you think about the end of your life, but today and tomorrow and in the days that are come, regardless of your age. But let me just kind of give you a definition that we use when we, when we talk about retirement uh, in the Retirement Reformation messaging. Here's what, here's what our culture says to us. Here's what our culture says to us about retirement. First of all, it's one homogeneous period. It's all downhill, mentally and physically. Some of us feel that. I mean, you got that part. All downhill, mentally and physically. And then we die. And here's the part that's so insidious. It says then the goal is to jam as much leisure as you can into that intervening period. And we now know that that intervening period of what the world calls retirement is, is 30 years. And so that's the lie that culture tells us. And we, for many of us, we've bought into it hook, line, and sinker. And there are cultural norms that control us in every age. And yet it doesn't bring us joy. It doesn't bring us anything other than isolation, loneliness, and pain. Now, it's strange to say, my goodness gracious, if I'm, if I'm just in if it's just leisure, I'm playing golf or whatever it may be, how can that bring us pain? Because what we understand is that leisure has value, but it does not have meaning and purpose. And when we do not have meaning and purpose, and by meaning and purpose, what we mean is the, the ongoing acts of impacting someone else's life for the better. The ongoing acts of impacting someone else's life, not just mine, impacting someone else's life for the better. 
And when we know the better, we know that that better is, is represented by what we have here. Well, let me go to the scripture of today. As Steve said, the, the preaching that comes from this pulpit, whether it's myself or Steve or anyone else who's here, it comes from the Word of God. And so if you would stand with me for just a moment, I'm going to read part of this Word of God from the book of 2 Corinthians. And we're going to start in the 16th verse. So book of 2 Corinthians, the 16th verse. For those of you who are, you know, kind of fumble with your Bible just a little bit, uh, uh, 2 Corinthians comes after 1 Corinthians. That's kind of the way that works. Matter of fact, kind of in the New Testament, just to give you an idea, you've got Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John in the Acts, and then you have the books of Paul, and then you get the additional books that come along with it. So that Second Corinthians, Second Corinthians 16. Here's what it says. So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. And what Paul means is that as friends of Jesus... We regard each other differently than we did before we became friends of Jesus. And for those of you that have not found Jesus as your personal Savior, you know, you look at the world and other people through a different set of eyes, frankly, than we do, and we ask you to join us. Because the viewpoint that we have as friends of Jesus is a totally different worldview than those who do not. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, and here is, here is the, the verse that we're going to really focus on. Therefore, okay, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone. The new is here. And then, Paul, and then he continues to say, All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ, and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. What happens when there's an argument between friends? We reconcile. We come together. We say we're sorry. We deal with what is true. Reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. What a, what a great message. Not to have my sins counted against me. Can't tell you the number of years. And by the way, you may have wondered how old I am. Anybody wonder that? Yeah, somebody. I'm 81. So, you know, just to give you that picture, it's, you know, that's 21 years after 60 and that's 19 before 100. All right. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. That's committed to you and me. We are therefore... in. And what a, what a great title he gives us. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. Huh. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, that in him we might become the righteousness of God. So you can be seated. Going back to that verse 17, which is where we're going to focus today, and whenever we see in Scripture the word therefore, it means that something's coming that is going to be important. Something is going to come next that we need to pay attention to. So, 
Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old has gone, the new is here. So, if anyone, so who's anyone? Anyone is anyone who is a friend of Jesus. Anyone who has accepted him as his personal Savior. And you know, in order to do that, we've got to realize that, you know, we can't save ourselves. And for those of us that have generally a positive attitude and and are somewhat outgoing and and perhaps God is blessed with some leadership skills, man, it's especially hard for us. Especially hard for us. But anyone who is in Christ, let's talk for a minute about this in Christ thing. It's actually critically important because in Christ, what happens is that when we accept Christ as our personal Savior, and now we are in Christ, what that means is a couple of things. Number one, it means that the Holy Spirit, and in the second to the last song, the, the, the band played about Holy Spirit come, come to us with, you know, with power and with fire. So that's what happens is that we are, we are imbued, we are, we are filled with God's Spirit. Because here's what Jesus said. He said, I and the Father are one. Okay, I'll wrap my head around that a little bit. And then when I leave this earth, that's what he told his disciples. He said, when I leave, it's a good thing because our Holy Spirit will come and the Holy Spirit will be able to be in every single person. What he, what he was, point he was making to his disciples, if I'm here in my body, I can only be with X number of people at any given time. But through the power of the Holy Spirit, everyone can have, be in Christ with that Holy Spirit. And that means you and me. It didn't stop 2,000 years ago, and it didn't stop yesterday, and it won't stop tomorrow. And so we are the host to the Holy Spirit. We are the host to God. And it is in his love for us that he provided that. So what's that role of the Holy Spirit? The role of that Holy Spirit is to teach us. The role of that Holy Spirit is to encourage us and then to guide us. What what do you mean guide us? Well, every day we have to make decisions of various kinds. What kind of decisions? Where are we going? What are we going to do? Who are we going to talk to? And when we're talking to them, how do we respond to what they say? And how are we led to be able to share with them? That's, That's all the work of the Holy Spirit. And for many of you, you've, you've kept that responsibility on yourself. And so, you know, you'll say, well, when I meet with someone and we're having a conversation and there would be an opportunity to be able to share, you know, something from a, a message, something from the Bible, something from my heart, something from my experience, and you don't do it. Because you're taking on that responsibility and you say, well, I don't know how to do that. You know, you don't have to know how to do that. Because the Holy Spirit will prompt you and will give you the words and will give you the opportunity to say. So you can have what you might call a a holy boldness. And so can we agree together that, that we are friends of Jesus, one, and two, that we are in Christ together. Hopefully you can really grab on to that idea and that you can make it, make it yours. Because it is being in Christ that allows us to move our way through the transitions of life. And what this verse is talking about is a transition. So-
The new creation has come, and the old is gone. The new is here. What do you mean, new? Well, what part of you would you like to be able to see in the rearview mirror? What part of your of who it is that you are would you like to be able to see in the rearview mirror? Judy and I were chuckling the other day. We were remembering, you know, a hundred years ago when we were kids and we were driving and we were going on a vacation or something, and our, our mothers would, you know, make sandwiches and wrap it up in what's called wax paper. For some of you, you have no idea what that even means. But it was something before tinfoil and something before plastic wrap. Uh, it was called wax paper. And the sandwiches would be wrapped in that. And what did we do with that wax paper after we finished eating the sandwich? Now, in old cars, there was a, in the front, there was a, a little window, just a little window in the corner that you could open. And what we'd do is we'd take that wax paper and we'd stick it out that window and we'd let it go. Now, you'd say, oh my goodness, how could you do that? We didn't know any better. We're saying, how great is it that we don't do that anymore? That was a wax paper in our rearview mirror that we won't see out the front window. So, a new creation has come. The old has gone. What is it in your old creation that you really wish was gone? And whatever that is, it is as a friend of Jesus, as a friend of, uh, as, as, as Christ followers, that that old can be gone and the new is there. And, 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 and what was Paul talking about in terms of the old? What he was talking about was his old nature. The way that he was that didn't bring glory to God, but focused on himself. Isn't that one of the issues that we have today? We're most concerned about who? About us. And as we focus on us, what do we see? Man, a bunch of stuff that we wish wasn't there. And that we'd like to go away. And we'd like to be able to step into being a new creation. The old is gone and the new is here. And when we say here, we mean here now. So that for those of you that have, have not taken that step and said, yes, I really want Christ to be my personal Savior, when that happens, there is something miraculous that occurs. And so the whole world opens up to be able to get rid of who Bruce was and to bring Bruce is. If you told me when I was in graduate school in Berkeley, California in 1963, and for some of you can remember, or your history books will tell you what was going on in Berkeley, California in 1963. Man, it was burning the cars and it was, it was a pretty rough time. If you had told me then that I would be one of your friends and that I would be a friend of Jesus and I would be here, I would say, you are totally crazy. There is no way that can happen. And yet, through God's divine intervention in my life and God's divine intervention that he has in your life and whatever that looks like, that divine intervention has made a new creation. And to be able to stand here and and comfortably share with you about what God's put on my heart and what he's done in my life, and that you have the opportunity to be able to share with others about who it is that you are now, 
what you were then and what it is that now he has in plan for, planned for you to be. One of the things of the Retirement Reformation that we, that we focus on is, is answering the question together that in, in, God's, in God's direction, what's next? So I think most all of us wonder what's next. And so when we wonder what's next and we step into God's preferred future, we have an opportunity for a whole new world to open up for us. For that anxiety, for that, that pain, for that frustration, for that wondering, for that confusion, for it to be set aside and to begin a whole new vision of what God would have for you and what God has for us. If you are part of this congregation, I just want to commend you. I have to tell you that I am so impressed with the work that God is doing here in you, through you, and with you. I would urge that a couple of things, if, if you're kind enough to invite me back in a year or two. And I'd like to have it see that, in fact, this place is totally packed because you have made a difference in the lives of others. They've realized that you're different, and they want to come and be part of what God is doing here. The opportunities to make a difference in the lives of our community. We are called as Christians to bless our community and and being a blessing is critical. Whether it be making sure that the single moms are supported so that in fact they can raise their kids. That the lonely older person has been visited and the fact that share God's love with them. The opportunity to be able to just simply minister to each other and to those in the community that are hurting those who do not know you, that are in pain and are absolutely hopeless. That is so much of our world, and it would appear from our culture that that's the direction that it is going. So let me close with this. Let me be an encouragement to you. Let me say to you that you are a friend of Jesus. I'm so pleased that we are friends together, and that together we can make a difference in this world for him, and we can bring all those that need to be a friend of Jesus into that relationship. So, thank you for letting me be here. It's been an absolute honor to do that. And we would pray that that you will really step into that role of being in Christ. The old is gone and the new has come. That's a promise, a vision, and a wonderful experience as we travel on the journey of life together. Amen and amen.